Greetings again in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Pastor Major H. Gibbard. We're coming to you at our worship hour here at On the Wall in Ministries. We thank God for you joining us at our Sunday school this morning. A beautiful lesson, uh, the lesson about uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, just putting your trust in God. But we thank God for each of you this morning. And we're going to have a worship song, and then we'll get into our message for the morning. Good morning. What can wash away all our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We're going to try to sing that. Okay? Okay. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood. Thou repent. 
May the Lord bless the reading and the hearing of his holy and his righteous word. You know, the genesis of the early church started out in private homes when uh, in the first century they were going from house to house and they were visiting and teaching and uh, people were coming into the faith. And, and somehow the churches began to reflect the attitudes of those households. And, and this is no different than the days. The makeup of many of our churches have much to do with the makeup of those families that are in the church. Mm -hmm. Every church has a couple that uh, somehow they have helped to shape uh, the nature of their local assembly. And that's the great uh, from one aspect. But many churches today are under a curse uh, that that couple because it brings division and confusion to the church. And, and it drives many people away from the church than attracting people. Yes, uh, so right. you know some that's folks up. in the church that, that, that look at the church and they assume that the whole church is like those few people in the yep. church that are making the image of the church look like that's what the church is because of the visibility of these one or two people. That's Have you ever heard folks on the outside of the church talk about them folk in the church? Yep. You know, over there in Lattice, them folk over there in Alice, them folk over there yep. at, at Mount Hope, Mount being my little all the time they were talking about folk outside of the church because they took the church based upon the image of those couples that were in the church that had great impact upon the church uh, do you know that there are people in the church that uh that really uh, don't agree with you and they don't really care about it whether they agree yeah. with you or not. You know, yeah. when you have hateful folk in your church, your folk is labeled being hateful just maybe because of those one or two people. That's so when love is absent uh, from a few folk in the church, it affects the whole body. You don't have to have a whole church full of evil folk. No. Those two people can impact the entire church. And now everybody thinks that church jacked up. That church got some problems because of those few people that have impacted the entire body. It can do good and impact, but those people that do bad and impact making a lasting impression upon the church. Yes, the Bible yes, says yes. the light of the body is the eye. So if therefore the eye is single, therefore the whole body is full of light. But the eye is evil, the whole body should be full of darkness. Uh -huh. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Paul says to the church at Trent, for we are not one member, but we are many. We are all, so we impact one another, no matter how much you think it doesn't, you impact people in your circle. Amen. Sometimes just because of a few. Mm -hmm. The one couple, the one family, even the one member, the church is labeled in all of us. Mm -hmm. All of us got to deal with that no yeah. matter if you agree with it or not. Yeah. Because you're being labeled as a That's member right. of that family, a member of that church, or, yeah. or the member of that political party. No matter what it is, you get labeled, you get labeled. because of that. So today I want to talk to you on the subject, mm -hmm. the loves and the lovelesses. <laughs> the love and the lovelesses. Let us bow. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Heaven God, for this opportunity to come. And as we come, Lord, we ask that you would just floor your dear servant down in the deep well of our salvation. Touch my lips, that I boldly say those things you have laid upon my heart. Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you. In Christ Jesus' name we do pray. Let every heart say, Amen. Amen. You know, in a few days, we're going to be celebrating Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. 
that celebrate love between couples and, and all month long love is going to be in the air. Yeah. But how many of you know that, that, that I don't care how many times you know that, that, that love at times don't last all night. Love it don't last all time. It, it, uh, you thought that love is going to last for the rest of your life, but it didn't even last overnight. Mm -hmm. Today, I want to introduce oh, you to, uh, uh, to some and to present to others these two couples that have impressed their ways into the church. And these couples are none other than the loves and the lovelesses. We got these two families that are love. First question I want to ask you this morning is, have you any loves or lovelessness in your own church family or in your own family? Yes. See, most of us know the loves. Oh, they're beautiful people, beautiful couple everywhere, everything. They're involved in everything in the church. They're so respectful when they get around people. They give until it hurts. Anytime you get the love family, the love is there for you. They'll be there for you even if your own family is oh, not. Man. The love family oh. is what the church should be built on. Yeah. But then... We have the lovelesses. Yes, we do. I ain't talking about loveless, L-O-V-E-L-A-C-E. -E. I'm talking about L-O-V-E-L-E-S-S. -S. These folks love less than anybody that I've ever had in a church body. You know the folks that love less than anybody else. And don't you be surprised? We got some loveless folks in our churches, in our families, and, and everywhere that we deal with on the job. Don't you look surprised? We got some lovelessness in every church and every family. Yes, and don't you have some folks that that go against everything that you try to come up with? Yep. If you didn't start it, it ain't the right yep. thing to do. Don't you have some folk that complain about everything that yep. you try to do? And if they didn't start it, it ain't the right thing to do. Don't want to do anything good for nobody. Folk that uh, that find a reason for not to help anybody because they're going through. They don't want nobody to see help that's going through the same thing they're going through. Find that folk that find any reason not to do something rather than going along with the vision that God has given the church. Don't have any kind of word or anything good to say about anybody. Wonder why folks stay away from us as if we are carrying some type of a contagious disease. Yeah. Every old guy around folks, yeah. and folks start walking yeah. away wondering, yeah. I check and make sure my breath won't smell yeah. bad. I, I check my armpits. I, I thought, is there something about me? Yeah. But sometimes yeah. it ain't your smell, it's your demeanor. Come on, man. And the guy said, your demeanor, because you demeanor than anybody ever <laughs> Your demeanor. I want to introduce you today to the problems why the church was going through with what they were going through. First, I want to introduce you to Bishop Scam. Loveless. Not, not only is he the pastor, he passed the bishop. Scam loveless. And then co-pastor sister, she's ruthless. Ruthless loveless. Then Minister Vane Loveless, he 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 the, he, he the associate minister. Then what about Deacon Hind Loveless? Oh, don't get behind him, you know. He, got, he the chairman of the board. And what what about Deaconess? You know she the she the Deaconess of the church. Her name is Shisneaky. Shisneaky Loveless. And then what about Sister Loveless on the organ? You know, Brother Loveless on the bass guitar. And let's not forget. 
Mother Loveless, the mother of the church, you know, and brother Loveless and sister Loveless, they're ushers and they usher every day. But what about the Miss Loveless? You know, she's the daughter of Deacon and Deaconess Loveless. She worked with the children in the church. And, and then all of these Lovelesses that are in the church cause more trouble than the devil. Love less. Don't love nothing. Love themselves. Look, love, don't even have enough love to love themselves. And what the loves used to do. The bishop done brought all of these loveless crew into the church so that they can be able to take charge of every organization. The Bible says that he that loveth not, knoweth not God, before God is love. So Jesus had to deal with a whole generation of lovelesses that had no need to be able to try to help the kingdom of God. And there are still some lovelesses around today trying to start some stuff in the church just like yeah. the old scribes yeah. and the Pharisees. The very thing that the church is supposed to be centered around is all but absent in our local church. Yeah. Love is supposed to be our redeeming principle, ain't it right? Yeah. But that binds sinners and sinners and that we would be have uh, 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 to wash in that blood of Jesus. That's what love will do. John said above that that the loveless doesn't know God. No, and there's some the lovelesses don't know God, but they claim that they know God. But that many folk paint the church as loveless, and many charges are worthy of accusation because of those loveless people that you have in your congregation. I don't want to put anybody on the spot, but you know, have you ever had any lovelesses in the, in the churches that you've been affiliated with? Yeah. Now you're not supposed to say yeah. But all of us find out that there are places that we have lovelessness that will not cooperate to the body of Christ. No, so as we look at our text this morning, we go back to Paul's letter that he wrote to the church in Ephesus that was studied last a few Sundays ago, telling us how, how much we should build our foundation on to make sure that it endure. And, and Paul told the church, he said, put on the whole armor of God so yeah, that you can be yeah, able to yeah. stand against the wiles of yeah, the devil. And then I noticed in this course about this whole armor that Paul, he listed a whole lot of things, but somehow he left love out of the equation. I wonder why did he do that? He said, stand therefore having your learned gourd with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness, your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Take the shield of faith, and then you'll be able to quench the fiery darts of the devil. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. But I ask the question, why love it? Why love it? Why did he leave love out of the equation? What Paul told us is that you need it for the church to endure is what? Truth and righteousness and peace and faith, salvation and the spirit. That's right on. But I ask a question today, what about love? Why isn't love part of that equation? In 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8, Paul told that same church, he said, but let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for the helmet and the hope of salvation. So Paul, yeah. he, he, he had love in the equation. Yes, but the thing is, here Paul put love in the equation along with the breastplate of faith and the helmet of salvation. Mm -hmm. He told the church at Thessalonica. But just maybe Paul had erred leaving out some of the letters when he wrote to the church at Ephesus, but he didn't. 
Hell, Timothy, he wrote a letter to First Timothy, who was the pastor at Ephesus. He says, and besought thee there to abide still at Ephesus, and went forth to enter Macedonia, that thy might charge some that teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables or endless genealogies, whether minister questions, or rather godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. Now, at the end of the commandment is love, out of a pure heart, of a good conscience and faith unseen from when some having served, swerved, having turned aside to vain jangling. So you see, sometimes you can preach your heart out and church folk gonna hear what they want to hear. Paul had already told these out there in Ephesus that they needed to have love as part of the equation. And that's just the way things are. That they were taught love, but they turned. See, you can be taught love, but you can turn. Amen. See, they used to love, but they turn. Yeah. Have you ever had anybody that they said they love you, but they turn on you? Timothy preached this commandment of love, and somehow, Mr. Mrs. Loveless and those other Lovelesses were able to turn their hearts yeah. of the congregation with their smooth talking. Have you ever had one of those smooth talking church folk that can lead you and carry you all? And then when they get when you get in trouble, they weren't the ones that they gone nowhere to be found, huh? And and, and see what the thing is. Nobody paid no attention to what the loves were saying. Come on now. See, the love can speak all it wants, but when you got love that says that are overshadowing yeah, everything that you do and say, they make an impact upon the congregation. Yes, they make So as we look at our text this morning, I find that maybe love should have been mentioned. Our text says, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, write these things that are holding unto the seven stars in their right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. He said, I know thy works and thy labor, thy patience, and how they canst not bear them than which are evil, and they have tried them which say that they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars, and have borne, and have patience, and for my name's sake has labored, and has not fainted. See, I believe the foundation that Paul laid encouraging them to put on that whole armor was reflecting in the success of their church. If they so if love hadn't been there, they wouldn't have lasted that long. See, a church founded on truth, righteousness, peace, and faith, and salvation is going to be a strong church. But alone will not supply all of the needs of the church. Listen to me. Even a church in our generation can do all of them things. They can still be out of touch to the needs of the church. That's See, if love is not your redeeming principle, yes, you yes. can do all of those other things and still leave out what is needed in the church. Amen. Paul told the church in 1 Corinthians, yes. though I speak with the tongues of men and have not love, I'm a sounding brass and I'm a tingling cymbal. See, the church had the whole arm of God. Yes. But they missed that component of love that would make it to a complete church needed to minister to the needs of everybody. Amen. See, a, a church just uh, working with those other things will meet most of the needs. But in order for it to meet all of the needs of the church, you've got to have love in there. Amen. Love cannot be absent. But somehow, old pastor and first lady love this. Come on, man. They've gotten their whole church to focus on their program. 
But they left out the equation yes, of love. Programs for the sake of programs without any ministry of purpose is just a program. Amen. Concerts and anniversaries without honoring God ain't nothing but noise. Noise without any pure worship. If we present the loveless image that those that are outside of the church are seeing, how will we ever draw people into the church? The church must have ministry-oriented programs. Firm Bible teaching, worship experience that members in life can come and let go and let God. And they need a time of refreshing when they can release those heavy burdens that are yes, on them yes. by the mercies of God and replace them by the mercies of God. Only love can produce that atmosphere of ministry where you can teach and you can worship and you can serve without any prejudices and without any respect to persons. And, and a loveless church doesn't offer that. But if we tried loveless, would have something to say about it. Huh? Yep, At the time you try to do something in the church, even if it doesn't even cost them a penny, they're going to say something about it. But do I have any witnesses in the house? Then after, next, after all this church had to offer, mm -hmm. John said that he noted there was one thing that they had left out. Our text says, nevertheless, I have something what against you. Because they have loved thy first love. See, while all the good that the church had been doing and what was going on, something was still missing, wasn't it? Somehow, Pastor Loveless and Deacon Loveless, yes. Brother Loveless, Sister Loveless, yes. had impressed upon this entire church congregation and somehow uh, to this dangerous liaison uh, with the spirit that had fostered everything besides love. Yes. See, you can have a dangerous liaison with somebody. If folk is doing wrong, hmm. and you know they're wrong, and you join in, you're wrong. You wrong too. Hey, don't join a dangerous liaison with a spirit that is counter to the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. See, they thought so much about the church that they forgot who was the church. <laughs> on, huh? Doesn't that sound familiar? Yes. See, we care more about our building than we yes. care about the body of Christ. We put more money in a building than we do in the body of Christ. We'll yes. fix a broken faucet, but we will not fix a broken marriage or a broken yes. heart. Marriage is on the brinks of falling apart and, and the church is worrying about a dinner. And, and, and we'll all eat up a hundred dollars worth of chicken at a homecoming or a funeral, yes. but we grumble over whether a sister needing the help with a light bill. If we bring up in the church, conference, Mr. and Mrs. Loveless gonna always have something to say about it. And Jesus told them, I have something against you. You left your first love. Yes, you forgot how I died on the cross yes. when you were yet sinners. Yes. You forgot about how I forgave those that crucified yes. me. You yes. forgot that your sins were nailed yes. to the cross. When I came, that when we came, uh, we came become uh, we can become so judgmental when somebody else's is going through with some pain. We can become so judgmental yes. when somebody else's child get pregnant. Yes. We can get so judgmental yes. when somebody else's son get arrested. Yes. We can get so judgmental when somebody else's get caught running around. Yes. But when we get caught, we hated them. When all of this stuff started reflecting back to us, we all of a sudden now want grace and mercy. We can't see hate. 
that we have in our hearts until this thing starts knocking at our own door. Or should I say at the front door? See, don't right. knock on the back door. Nope. Trouble gonna knock on your front door. Church love is gone. Down. Missing out of the house of God. Jesus had asked one day, what is the greatest commandment? Uh. And he said, the first, O Israel, is the Lord our God is the Lord, one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord our God with all thine heart and all thine soul and all thine might and all thine strength. And this is the first commandment. And then he says, in the second commandment, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greatest than these two. See, the greatest commandment that Jesus gave the church somehow has been lost in the shuffle. We can become so busy doing yes. church work until yep. we forget the work of the church and leave it all undone. Jesus. The Greek word left means forsaken. Yes. You laid it aside. You, yes. you let it alone. You let yes. it be. You let it go. You put it away. You yielded it up. Yes. See, many of us are just like Mr. and Mrs. Lovely. We've just left love alone and, and let it go. We laid it to the side. We put it away for a while until we need it. Ain't that right? We need love. We put it on the shelf until we need it. Then we go pick it up so that we can use it on ourselves. But we lay it aside when it's going to be used on somebody else. And that's the way our church is. See, the thing about it is we need to get love back into the equation. Have you ever noticed how loveless we are until we get caught? Yeah. Everybody, you can't love nobody till you get caught. Now all of a sudden, you pleading for grace and mercy. Oh me, baby. Yeah. Have the same love for others. Have the same compassion and mercy for others when they're going through because yeah. it's coming your way. See, in the, all of the places that you would expect love to be, to always remain, to always be there, this good and popular and prosperous church was loveless. Isn't that something? And somehow they laid love to the side. Then finally John warns them of what will happen if they fail to repent of their loveless ways. Our text says, remember therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I'll come quickly and remove the candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Mm -hmm. See, I'm so sick and tired of lovelessness getting up. Every revival, and they test the line when everybody in the mm -hmm. church knows the truth. Test it's amazing. They'll jump up in a minute. Test the line. And then you see church folks say, oh, Lord, here we go again. Yeah. You know, but the thing about it is why? Why do they feel like they have to do it? Up and shouting and making noise all around like a sounding brass and a tingling cymbal. Yeah. And it gets to me sometimes when I know that it's all performance. Yeah. Church has yeah. become theater. Yes. Performance, phony worship. In yes. that now, he said, he says in the 13th chapter, on that verse, 13th chapter of that first verse of 1 Corinthians, he said, we see through a glass darkly. So why do we see through a glass darkly? Paul said that he's talking about old folk. Hey? Mm -hmm. It's amazing how we mature in the, in the gospel. And the more we mature in the gospel, the more darker the glass gets that we can't see through no more. See, the thing is, I learned a long time ago that if you want to get caught, 
do it in front of some children that you think didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> see, it'll surprise you what children see and what they don't see, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> see, we act this way in church in front of our kids, and, and we wonder why they don't want to come to church no more. And just like kids, God's all-seeing eyes is forever on us. He knows when we're phoning. And if we don't fess up, God has something for us. So what are you going to do today? Here's our text. And God gives us an opportunity to get it right. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3 and 5, The Lord is not willing that none of us should perish, but all shall come to repentance. If we can identify with Mr. and Mrs. Loveless, it's God's desire that we repent. All the thing he's telling us to do is just say so. Say so if you're guilty. John says to look back and see how far you have fallen. Uh -huh. Repent and get it right. That's yeah. all it takes because we don't repent. There are some internal implications that we're going to have to deal with. Yes, Every unrepentant sin has to be dealt with with God. Yes, Jesus yes. told John to tell us that if we don't repent and start loving folk, he's going to come quickly and remove that light out of our life. Isn't that what the word says? He's going to remove that light out of the light. So have you ever felt how dark it feels when you got into a loveless church? Have you ever got in there and all of a sudden that spirit came down on you and you know something won't right? Mm. See, there are no room for almost Christians. No. We can't be no almost love and almost repentance. You know, you got to love or you got to repent. You got to do either. Either you're going to repent or not. We got some folk even that don't think they never done nothing wrong. <laughs> we got... We got to love folk whether they wrong or not. He said, love your enemies. Yes. That's not an easy thing to do, but all of us have to grow to that place. See, yeah, we've got some folks that, 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 that. <laughs> we got to love folk. Yes, we got to love. Or God is going to what? He said he's going to snuff us out. So I would advise us today to identify that loveless nature that we have on the inside of us. Mm -hmm. Quickly repent of that thing so that God can get that right thing in, his, in your life before it becomes too late. Mm -hmm. So as we close, we hope that each of you take this opportunity to think seriously about how you're representing your faith. Mm -hmm. Are you representing the loves? Mm -hmm. Or are you like the lovelesses? I posted on Facebook this week, what sermon are you preaching every day? Not just in words. I'm talking about your behavior, how you carry yourself, how you maintain yourself, your tone of speech, your manners, your achievements, your stewardship, your accomplishments, your accountability, your family, your friends, your friendliness, huh? your consideration, your consistency, your approachability. See, some folk in church, you can't approach them. Nope. Your faults, your failures, even your reputation, all of that. Uh, to these preach a sermon way before you ever say a word. Mm -hmm. See, don't be like those church folk at Ephesus that did church well. See, black folk, we know how to do church well. Yeah. We know how to do church well, and it sounds like the house is on fire. But what we need to remember is that every fire ain't a Holy Ghost fire. Yeah. See, we gotta, you want to get the fire on it, but it got to be the Holy Ghost fire. So 
what we need to remember is Jesus is not coming back to receive a people that can do church well. He's looking for a church that's founded on the principles of love. Let's not have Jesus come back and find us loveless. What about useless? See, loveless means that you are useless. You are no use for God in his kingdom if you are loveless. Paul tells the church in Ephesians 5, 25 and 27, husband loves your wives, even as Christ loved the church. He gave himself to it that he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. See, love is what's going to clean us up. Love is the only thing that can clean us up to make us be represented spotless and holy before God. It was love that lifted me. It was the love of God that cleansed me. A loveless church will not make it in. You can't do what you want to do and then get caught up into that a loveless attitude and expect to make it in. Jesus is coming back soon. And if he finds us as a loveless church, Mm -hmm. uh, the consequences will be unbearable. Our text says, else I will come to you quickly and remove the candlestick out of his place except you repent. See, Mm -hmm. how many much more warnings do we need? You want God to put your light out? I don't want it. Do you want him to come and put your light out? Mm-hmm. You won't, don't want God to cut you the only light source you got off. Ain't that something? You ain't got but the only light source that he provides. If you want to be that spotless, holy church that Christ will come back to receive, mm-hmm. you just need to say, Lord, I messed up. I did it. It's me. It's me. It's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. See, a loveless church, and and should I say a loveless Christian, is a bad place to be. Ain't that peculiar? Mm -hmm. The only thing that can reverse the curse of a loveless individual or a loveless church is love unconditional. Mm -hmm. See, you can't bring nothing in that church to fix it but love. See, the hymn that said, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the distant shore. Verily, deeply stained within and sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. And from the waters he lifted me. Now save him I. Because love is what? Lifting me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. The church needs to cry like Peter. Lord, save me. Lord, save me. We need God's love to cleanse us. From this situation that we in. We need his love to lift us out of the mess that we in. This loveless spirit. This loveless attitude. The loveless way we act toward one another. And, and then we have to understand that only God can give us the love to pull us back out of this situation. Lord, we need your love to change our heart. We need your love to change my position. We need your love to open up my heart to be able to help those that are in need. If our doors swing on the hinges of love and welcome, if love is our redeeming principle, we need to come in and commune in our hearts. And we need your love to lift us out of this loveless existence that we are in and this vicious circle of us going round and round 
and the church is caught up in it just as well. Lord, we repent right now of this lovely spirit and we ask for your forgiveness. Please save us. Save us from ourselves. We miss the love we used to have. We miss the presence of you being in our life. We miss the sharing and the giving and the caring for one another that we used to have. Lord, remove that lovely spirit and create in us a, a clean heart and renew the right spirit inside of us so that we can be that church without father wrinkle that you will come back to receive one day. Well, Lord, we need your love. Your love is the only thing that can come in and to create in us that new heart that we need. Drive out that lovely spirit so that we can learn to love one another and be the church that will impact this world that we're in because right now the world needs love. The the world needs love and if we would just love one another. The word said that he would come in a time to rescue us yes, from ourselves so that we mm-hmm. can learn how to love mm-hmm. and to lay aside this lovely spirit yes. that prevents us from full fellowship with you and full fellowship with one another. Yes, we hope that you've been encouraged by our words today. Let us love one another. Amen. Let's lay aside that old lovely spirit. And let's take up the cross of Christ yes. where he loved us enough to die for us. But we got to love one another enough to make that same sacrifice. But we hope that each of us will be encouraged by these words that we might be able to grow closer to the love that God has for us that we have for one another. God bless you. May heaven ever smile upon you. Let us bow. Father God, we do thank you, Lord, today for your word. We thank you for your encouragement. This word came out of revelation that we have lost our first love. So let us go back. Let us go back and reclaim that loving spirit that that Jesus Christ left, that we must have one with another and one with you. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and we praise you. Just be with us. Let this message go out and not come back void. Let it not fall on deaf ears, but let it fall in a place where it will come and find a place where it will reap a harvest of love and understanding. Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you. This is our prayer in Christ Jesus' name. You approve. Let our heart say, Amen. Amen. We do open up the doors of the church. If there's one today that do not know you in the pardon of their sin, he says that the only thing you have to say is that I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. The word of God says, Thou shall be saved. God bless you. We'll see you again on Friday evening at our Bible Institute. And then we'll also see you next Sunday at our Sunday school and our worship hour. God bless you. May heaven have a smile upon you.